Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, the official podcast of MCU Exchange, and your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, today we have our usual panel with us. We've got Adam. You can find him on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. Barnhart is spelled B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. Uh, we have Rhiannon, who is also known on the internet as Brooklyn Wallace, because she's sneaky like that. And she is at Shot of Patron. Uh, Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-O-N. I always assume people know how to spell that one. And um, I'm Caleb. I'm at Caleb A. Borchers on Twitter. That's uh, B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. And I do use the middle initial, so Caleb A. Borchers. All right. Uh, where in the world uh, is Carmen San Diego? How are you doing, Rhiannon? Where are you from this week? It's kind of cool that you're always like somewhere else in the world. Um, this week, I am in Tobaccoville, North Carolina, which is a real place. So I'm assuming that they're really into college basketball and cigarettes. That would be my guess. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's actually only about 10 minutes from Wake Forest University. Um, okay. But yeah, totally college basketball and cigarettes yeah that that's tobaccoville in a nutshell um, adam did you guys get slammed by the snowstorm in iowa not too much no a little bit uh that kind of went down south and kind of went around us i know uh there was like a nasty like 70 car pileup on the one interstate in iowa so <laughs> yeah that we got a couple but yeah it went around us down south got nailed then it went out your way no we totally it, it must have gone under us because it's um we've got like 45 degrees of rain outside so yeah that's what that's what it's like here that's Bad. what i was wondering because we had the rain here um so maybe your snowstorm became our rain yeah I'm sure our listeners are digging this, man. Weather talk <laughs> with Marvel News Desk. Is it raining outside? We'll let you know. 12 hours after it happens. <laughs> it's totally my fault. I'm just... Oh, All right. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Black Panther news. So it is Black Panther week. Uh, we're going to... I think all of us are probably going to see the movie here in a couple of days, uh, give or take. Uh, so I figured we would start with just a roundup of all the little things that are coming out. Um, just going through here real quick. Apparently Ryan Coogler um, considered bringing in Patriot into this movie um, to add another character to it. I have no idea how that would have worked, but uh, it was an idea that got abandoned pretty quickly. Um, apparently he also looked at Craven the Hunter as a potential villain uh, before uh, he was told that that would not be available to him. Uh, Letitia Wright uh, has said that there's no active plans for her to become the Black Panther, but obviously that is something they can do in the future. Uh, it is now officially fresh. I think it's down to 98% fresh, but still on pace to be the uh, best-reviewed Rotten Tomato movie in the history of the MCU. And um, I think that's all the major Black Panther news. Any of that interesting to you guys? Uh, particularly these characters that almost showed up in the movie. I'm just always fascinated by this whole trading of characters and to know what might have been and all of that. It seems like Patriot being in Black Panther would have been far more important than the role he played on S.H.I.E.L.D. But... Oh, it's a different Patriot. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a different page. Oh, way to call me out there. Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, we've got to, because if we just let it slide, then all three of us would have been killed on social media. No, no, self-preservation. yeah. self-preservation, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Regular Marvel News Desk reminder that Rhiannon is a total idiot when it comes to Black Panther background. Um, yeah, then never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, um, so the Patriot we saw in S.H.I.E.L.D. was a character back from, like, Golden Age, early Captain America stuff. This Patriot is the Young Avenger, uh, African-American kid with, like, Hulkling and Wiccan and all those guys, so. Oh, okay. That's different. We're chomping at the bit for a TV movie crossover, and they <laughs> that would be so lame <laughs> if it's Jeffrey Mace. <laughs> it's like the middle of Infinity War, and all of a sudden... <laughs> Thanos gets knocked over by Jeffrey Mace. He's like, I'm back, guys. Oh, I'd be down for that. Yeah, it was an interesting choice to me because I think we're gonna get Young Avengers eventually. I mean, if nothing else, Marvel will start to run out of properties. I would think, and a lot of people are interested in it. Um, it I don't know how that character. I mean, I don't know that much about that Patriot version. I know a little bit from. A little bit of Young Avengers stuff that I've kind of read through or whatever. Adam, do you see how that character would fit in this? Or does that seem like it was maybe from a different era before Coogler ended up with the movie he made? Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, how how it would have worked into the mythos exactly. I mean, it's not like he's uh, Wakandan or, or something of that nature. So I'm not sure how it would work out. Um but I mean, like you you name dropped the Young Avengers. I would guess we'll get that at some point, you know. Especially with, I mean, you would think Kate Bishop's probably high on the radar at this point, um, especially since Jeremy Renner's going to be done real quick. Like, you know, I would guess she's well on the way, or there's plans for her sometime. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would guess he would probably come up in some sort of Young Avengers property, but I'm not sure how Coogler would have worked him into a Black Panther movie. But then again, they've kind of done that stuff before and, and it ended up working out. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Craven stuff is also really interesting because we have heard that Craven is supposed to be in silver and black. And so I really want to know if Coogler asked for him and was told, Oh, we don't, we don't really have the rights to him because he's a Sony character or if it was like, well, we could use him, but you can't because we already have him lined up for Silver and Black, and we consider that enough continuity that, you know, we're not going to let you have him. Like, the difference between those is very fascinating for that conversation. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I guess I probably should have read, uh, I would guess this is like the press circuit stuff, and it was just a name drop, and all the sites ran with it and stuff, I but... I mean, a Black Panther movie, you can't have a solo Black Panther movie without Claw. But, I, I mean, I guess I'm not the biggest Spidey fan, so I don't know how Craven would work. Yeah, Coogler said very explicitly that it was from a previous version of the movie. Like, they have moved so far away from, like, you know, along the storyboard process as they go, you know, through creating a screenplay... You start with where you think it's going to be and then you follow kind of one of the through lines of the movie a little more strongly and you kind of write some stuff out and put some new stuff in. And so he was pretty clear that Craven is not 
if you watch it, little, how would Craven have fit into this movie? It wouldn't have. You know, like it was a very early draft that would have allowed for him to make any sense. So I guess the next biggest news, maybe it was bigger than even the Black Panther news to a degree. We uh, started to get some of this Marvel Studios 10th anniversary stuff. And so we finally got to see that giant shot with just dozens of actors and creators and and all this kind of stuff uh, all in one place. Uh, you got Feige and uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Stan Lee kind of right at the middle of it. Uh, I couldn't even begin to name all of these people on it. Uh, they're also doing some uh, giveaways for the 10th anniversary where you put your name in a sweepstakes and can win some cool prizes. Um, they, there's a video that was released with it. Just, I don't know, just reactions. Like, how did it feel to uh, finally see this video and photo of all these actors all in one location? I thought it was pretty cool. I also think... Um, the- the picture, the class photo giant picture, it strikes me as having a lot of empty space. Did that strike any of you guys as odd? Like that they're so spread out? Do you think there's another version of this coming with more people in it? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I love, I kind of love the conspiracy theory angle of it that like, there's another half dozen Infinity War <laughs> characters that are like not in this, but will be. I mean, I'm not saying TV characters added because we know Clark Gregg wasn't there because he was filming. A- no, he was not there because he was in New York. Because Comic-Con he was with me. New York That's why That's he wanted to be photo. with you and me. Yeah. <laughs> he was hanging out with us in New York. So he wasn't there for the class photo so i'm guessing that means it's not going to be filled with tv people but i am wondering if maybe they have a next generation or something that they could add but maybe i'm just looking too much into it maybe it's just if you sit too close to robert downey jr like there's a chemical reaction there is that joke in uh is it Iron Man 2, the jo- the, like recurring joke that Tony doesn't like to be touched or he doesn't like to be handed things? So maybe Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Oh, yeah. has come to the point where he doesn't allow other human beings within two feet of his presence. I mean, it was pretty expansive. I think like the Iron Man 3 kid was in it. I guess I probably should have looked at the, the high-res version and I guess they included, I think, Ryan Meandering, Meandering, you know, the the... Uh, concept artist guy he was in it um so they included a lot of people but no tv people i guess Haley atwell was there if you can count her yeah i also thought it was cool that um uh uh, sean gunn james gunn's brother made it in you know like i almost felt like that was i don't know craglin's an okay character but he's not the first guy i would have thought of him needing to be in that video so but I always forget how much work he did on Rocket, too. You know, like, Sean Gunn spent half of that movie crawling around on his knees in a green screen suit to be Rocket's, you know, mo- mocap or whatever, so. I thought it was interesting that when Charles wrote it up for MCU Exchange, he talked about um, how he started getting a little teary-eyed, like, honestly, as he watched the video. And I was honestly kind of that way too like as that video was going like 
my wife came over. She's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "It's just, it's just an Infinity War thing. Not a big deal." She's like, "Are you okay? What's wrong with you?" You know, like, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was just, it was kind of emotional, like seeing all this stuff come into one piece, and it makes me wonder, like, what is gonna happen to me, like, when this Infinity War comes out? You know, like. We're just going to pass out yeah. in a movie theater or what, you know? Like. <laughs> but there is, I mean, that video had an air of finality about it. There, there, I mean, I want to think even like Robert Downey Jr. or somebody made some sort of comment of it being the end of something. I mean, there was something, and, and I don't remember, I meant to go back and rewatch. But there was some definite language of finality. And I think that makes it extra emotional. Yeah, I agree. I think it, maybe it was Chris Hemsworth. Somebody said something yeah. that was like, um, did you just mess up? You know, like, it just felt very, very, someone's going to die. I don't know. But if he had messed up, they wouldn't have included that's, that. That's true. They would have been smart. It's enough. a heavily edited minute. <laughs> yes. Oh, this was the other, this is the other big thing I forgot. Um, Disney, uh, the mouse flicks, the streaming service for Disney has uh, finally revealed some details about what's going on. And um, it was uh, basically, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about what they plan on doing, that there's going to be Star Wars stuff. Uh, It's all going to be PG-13 or less so that it stays kind of family friendly. Anything R-rated that they want to put out is going to go to Hulu. And the basic news was that there is going to be a Marvel live action series on this service, which we kind of expected. Um, they also talked a little bit about budget. It was something like $1 to $10 million an episode based on what it is, which, you know, feels a bit like saying it's going to be somewhere between zero and infinity dollars, you know? Like, that's a big difference. Um, was there anything about these details that got you guys feeling excited? Or, uh, I don't know, any thoughts on this Disney streaming uh, it's supposed to be a 10-episode series. Um, do you think New Warriors might be that show, or is it too far out? I don't know. Talk about Disney Mouse Flicks. I mean, there was just a level of comfort that the Netflix stuff is staying at Netflix. Oh, yes, that's big. Yeah, that's probably the biggest part. I mean, other than that, they're actually... I mean, we kind of knew that they're developing live action both for Marvel and Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I don't... New Warriors is kind of kind of weird you know they they filmed a pilot which was a very secretive pilot i mean even for most wanted we knew they were filming that you know um but yeah i mean i don't know the later part of 2019 it's scheduled to launch right the new streaming service so i mean if it's new warriors that's quite a while i mean we're talking two years for a a pilot um, between it was filmed and when it airs so I don't know. It's it's not on ABC. Um, so maybe it goes back to freeform. Or maybe it just gets shelved till next year. And they have to recast the whole cast for whatever reason because of commitments and such. I don't know. Yeah, we got done with the uh, is Cloak and Dagger really happening talk. And so now we can start up the is New Warriors really happening talk. Is New Warriors. Because somebody was yes. asking this week on our Slack chat and they said like, Oh, well, you know, it took a long time to get Cloak and Dagger up. And that's true. That was greenlit in April of 2016. But New Warriors was four months later. 
So, you know, like, if it's on a similar time frame, it's going to come out in October of this year. They, you know, like, Cloak and Dagger, we got the main two cast, but then they've kind of, like, leaked out other cast members over the period of, like, a year. New Warriors gave us a full, like, six people on board, relatively big name, like, people that I know. And now it's just, like, sitting around in mothballs, and they can't show it because it's too good and they don't want to wait. If it does make it to Mouse Flicks, we know that was a total lie because they're waiting forever to get that. You know, like, this whole New Warriors thing is just not making any sense to me whatsoever. Also, with Cloak and Dagger, we got a pretty big advertising campaign at New York Comic Con for how little there was. I mean, they had some prime real estate with banners and advertising, which reassured us that this was still moving forward whenever it's moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, you made a good comment about the actors, Adam. Like, I don't know how long those guys can sit around. Do we? Have they only filmed one episode, or have they filmed more than that? New- nobody knows. It's a total mystery. Oh yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> you know, they. I mean, uh, the showrunner always posts on Twitter that he. I mean, a couple weeks ago he was with the whole cast, <clears throat> and there was that one time that he kind of hinted that he was writing season two almost or something. Um, but then that tweet was quickly deleted. So yeah, it's just kind of a, a total guess on where it's going to uh, land. You know, there was that one leak where there was a, a kind of like an upfront type deal in Brazil. Um, and they were advertising New Warriors there. And that kind of hinted towards it landing on ABC. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe the whole first season's already in the can, <laughs> and they're just waiting for a network to buy it or something. I don't know. All right. Um, let me go ahead and hit uh, just a couple other quick news things, and we'll let you uh, comment if you have any thought on it. Um, uh, new uh, Captain Marvel has a new working title called Open World. I'm not totally sure what that all means. Uh, Punisher Season 2 appears uh, that it's going to take of the slaver storyline and talk a lot about sex trafficking and human trafficking and all that kind of stuff. And um, the Super Bowl ad for Avengers Infinity War, uh, which I guess we haven't talked about on the podcast, uh, it did pretty well. It was the most talked about trailer from last week. So any of that stuff interesting or are we ready to move on to talking about Jessica Jones trailer? I'm just so surprised that we have Punisher... I mean, they are moving with Punisher to the point that I would almost think that they really are doing two Marvel shows at a time constantly. That as soon as Daredevil and Iron Fist wrap up filming, they'll move right into Punisher and maybe even like another season of Jessica Jones, another season of Luke Cage, or maybe even a whole new show. Or the Defenders? Moon Knight. Moon Knight? (laughs) Apparently there's no love for that. I mean, it, it would be the only thing not to have a sick second season of the things they've done, so. Yeah, but it was always a one-off special event thing. Maybe, maybe a second season of Defenders? Going back to what we talked about last week, I think I, I always forget that they have, you know, like, two full seasons and two half to two-thirds seasons done. Like, they have a ton in the can now. For Netflix, like they have made so much of these shows, 
they I mean there's they've been producing like crazy and I just forget that that all is happening behind the scenes you know so yeah I mean they have Jessica Jones and Luke Cage in the can and they'll be wrapping up Daredevil and Luke Daredevil and Iron Fist I mean Daredevil should wrap up around April May maybe June I don't remember what we originally heard the the production schedule was but if they stick to about six months it should be April or May yeah and then yeah and Iron Fist I think in, in June so but we are gonna get Daredevil this year one would guess in the we November better. slot hopefully that's I mean that's where it's lined up I mean it's weird I still love that show so much more than the others that it's still the one I'm super excited about so yeah if they started like if the others started just sort of falling to the wayside I could still use my 15 season as of Daredevil. From your mouth to, to God and Jeff Loeb's ears. Loeb's ears. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about Jessica Jones then. Uh, we have no shield to talk about this week. So let's go ahead and do a, a trailer review, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, we got uh, the trailer for Jessica this week. Um, Rihanna, we'll let you go first. What did you think? about what you saw from Jessica Jones season two based on this trailer. Well, I I mean, you guys know one of my very first things, because I saw like 30 seconds of it because I was still on crappy internet when it came out. I saw the first 30 seconds of it, and then I just couldn't watch anymore because of my internet. And in that 30 seconds, they actually referenced Captain America. They actually referenced by name captain america and that just made me so excited that we had some you know acknowledgement that there's a greater universe um overall i felt like it was a good just sort of introducing because i feel like with a lot with jessica jones particularly there's a lot of people that are jessica jones fans that aren't fans of any of the other shows you know maybe they watch defenders and i think it was a nice little reintroduction here's your foul-mouthed you know no cares woman they had a, a, you know, they hit the discussion of rape. They they reminded you who she was. And I think it's it's meant to bring in people. It didn't give us a whole lot of information about season two. Just that there'll be more information and that she's still dealing with stuff. So, And we get the kill grade. So it's, you know, we've talked about like how working on this stuff on like podcasting and everything makes it a little different. So we all knew that Kilgrave was coming back, but I watched the trailer with my my dear wife, and when she like when he starts clapping, she was like, "No, no, no!" Like she was just so like angry and like I thought he was dead. Why is he back? Like she, I don't think she knew it was coming, and so it was kind of fun to see her reaction as that came in. You know, I forget that we know that that's happening, but everybody does so. The uh, it looks like we're probably getting Hellcat, right? I would hope so. I mean, it seems like they're hinting. If not, they're teasing us terribly, you know, for season three. I think there has to be Hell. I mean, some version of Hellcat. Probably not the full body yellow spandex suit with the Iron Fist purple head gear dress thing, but some version of it. But maybe she will. Maybe Trish will decide that spandex is what New York's heroes need. I mean, she thought the original jewel costume was a good idea, right? True. Exactly. 
I think you're onto something there, though, Adam, that that character is going to be a tonally weird fit for Jessica Jones. Because I, I don't, I, I didn't know Hellcat existed until I watched Jessica Jones season two. But everything I've seen of her, it's kind of like a campy throwback, like 50s, 60s kind of character. And so how they fit that into a Jessica Jones show, I think is going to be really interesting. You know, like they're going to have her in like all leather, or like bulletproof, like, you know, like military suit or like, I don't know. How are they going to do that for this, this show? I think it's is a really hard thing to gauge. Yeah, I think the uh, Netflix crew, they're just uh, the singer type le- leather uniforms. I'm surprised we got Daredevil after all but yeah it did seem like so it, it was interesting to me to put together so in the first trailer she got that um the art which was that really cool meta moment right where it's the cover artist of jessica jones like painting that she gets in the mail of herself and we talked how it seemed like she was kind of getting a stalker but then there's a scene in the trailer where it looks like she's about to have sex with somebody on a canvas with like paint and that paint is the same color as the Jessica Jones painting that she gets. And so it makes me wonder if she's going to have like an early season romance that turns into like a bad stalker situation. Am I putting those together? Like, does that make any sense in your brains or am I creating a storyline that doesn't seem to be there? I didn't see it, but maybe yeah, I totally missed it. Maybe I wasn't looking into it enough. All right. If it happens, <laughs> I claimed it. And if it doesn't, what are we talking about? I didn't say anything. I heard nothing. All right. Uh, Michael T. Ford is in the uh, live chat. He thinks that maybe Hellcat will wear a uh, a costume to a costume party. Like that's how she'll end up in the suit is she'll be at a party. And then in the midst of the party, she's got to spring into action. And that's how she ends up in the suit. That would be unique. I don't think I've seen that yet in a comic book movie where a Halloween party is the uh, impetus for a, a costume. So, Better yet, it'd be awesome if all the Defenders just showed up in their comic book counterparts. and I, I could live with that probably if they show up to the Halloween party dressed as themselves. But... I thought you were talking about they, they come up as each other. So like Matt oh, that shows too. up I as mean... Iron Fist. <laughs> Iron Fist shows up as in the Jewel costume. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Do that. At least we'll get costumes in. Uh, All right. Let's also talk a little bit, since I forgot we had not talked about this last week. Uh, That Avengers trailer, we got 30 seconds about on Super Bowl night. Um, It was one of those, I always call them visual trailers. I mean, this isn't a real thing, but I always talk about visual trailers versus story trailers, right? Like ones that just like show off the look. Versus those that like tell us what's going to happen. This was all imagery. Uh, we saw Cap's new Wakandan shields, which was kind of cool. Um, we saw Vision uh, and Scarlet Witch kissing again. Um, we saw another look at Thanos. Uh, we saw Spider-Man uh, going up into space on that big wheel thingy. Wearing a different costume than he is on the wheel thingy other times. Um... Also, some cool group shots so that we see people together that we've never seen together before. Uh, we saw Iron Man maybe being like propelled by a spell from Doctor Strange. That was kind of cool. Um, anyway, that's the content. Anything in particular, Adam, that stuck out to you is really cool from that 30-second bit? 
it yeah kind of confused the storyline or at least the plot line or timeline a little for me because i mean when we see spidey in his different costume he's in space it looks like you can kind of see earth behind him which is kind of which also confused me because he takes off his mask and he can breathe fine in space apparently or unless the space donut has its own atmosphere or something there's been talk about when he does it he kind of like it's hard to tell if he's gasping like whoa this is cool or if he's starting to like gasp for air when you watch that scene back so so i don't know but besides that yeah um obviously so i'm not sure if it's the homecoming suit i would guess it's the homecoming suit or spider-man mark ii or whatever we want to call it the first start costume um but yeah i mean it looks like team cap or team nomad goes to someplace obviously we saw them in wakanda from the money shot at the end of the last trailer but now they're either in a wakandan lab or the avengers compound or something we kind of see that group shot and then the internet thought they saw captain marvel behind steve but it's not captain marvel but yeah i mean like you said, it's pretty much just showed off the movie. You know, we still have yet to see the Black Order. I mean, we've seen them in toys and such, but we haven't seen... I mean, we saw, what, one frame of Proxima so far? So I'm not sure if they're saving that for a big reveal or or when we'll get the Black Order, but... We got really cool um, ensemble shots. You know, that's that's what the, the Avengers trailers give us, really you know, the team all together running after something. Um, I'm confused by the arm guard shield thing. Shield the, the new shield confuses me. Because, like, I even, I'd, like, watch the trailer and I was like, oh, Cap's new shield. And I was like, I didn't see a shield. I saw, like, arm splints or, like, some weird protectors. So did those, like, come together to be a shield or something? Do we know? Is this a comic book reference that I'm not getting? No, um, there's been an action figure out that suggests that that's kind of just his shield. That they kind of grow out of his arm. I want to know if he can throw it. It's no good if it's a cat that's shield if he can't throw it, right? This is important right. to me. Like, do they co- yeah, right. Do they like fuse together? Because he had like one on each arm, I thought. Yeah, I think they Either are way. on both sides. Yeah, I was like, maybe they like hook together and it becomes a, a throwable shield. Or something. Anyways, I have lots of questions over the shield. Um, Spider-Man going into space thing. That If you guys remember Spider-Man Homecoming, the one thing I did not enjoy was like him holding onto the side of the jet. And it very much felt like that part in Homecoming where he's holding onto the side of the jet. Except for now he's like in space holding onto the side of a jet. So maybe him holding onto the side of the jet was a nice thing to build up to him holding onto the side of a space donut thing. Um, and it'll all have purpose and I will hate that part of homecoming less, or maybe they're just going to give me more of this thing that I don't like. So that's that. But, uh, everything else, it was just kind of that little, like, you know, Whoa, Hey, look, now we have everybody together. That's pretty awesome. I want to see, I don't know, I always love the combos. Like, every time there's just a little thing, like, 
I don't know. It's I think in Ultron, like Cap tosses his shield up and like Hulk hits it with his hammer to like send it flying. Like all those little times where they use their powers together, the possibility of new like mix and matches with the Guardians coming in and Doctor Strange. Like I just want to see random combos, you know, like Spider Man creating like um, like a wrestling rope for like Hulk to like hit and lean back and then fly for you know like I want to see stuff like that all day long that's what I want is just seeing the powers kind of combine in cool ways so because I finally saw Justice League this week at a little cold theater in the middle of nowhere for three dollars with no lights on in the parking lot <laughs> because it was a cold and wait rainy night too it was perfect everything about it was crappy just like the movie and um but like one of the things I hated about that movie there wasn't enough combos it was just strong people punching each other you know alright this week might be a little short but that's okay so we have one more trailer to talk about and that's going to be our main topic today I believe we'll be calling this podcast we need to talk about Venom and I mean that in a couple of ways I mean that in like the you have a family member you need to have like an intervention for like we really need to talk about grandpa, but also, and we need to force ourselves to talk about this or we'll never talk about it. And it's just, just, um, so there's a trailer this week. I think we should put the caveat that you guys planned this. And I agreed to this being the topic this week because we thought I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. So Rhiannon is off the hook for any depth of insight into this. So the trailer, someone described as 30 seconds of Tom Hardy sitting in an MRI machine, which is roughly what we got. Any other takeaways from this other than Tom Hardy? Like, what was your thought as you watched that trailer? Uh, didn't look like uh, Venom. <laughs> you know, I got zero sense of any sort of superhero flick I, I don't even if you took the superhero part out of it you know it just looked like a very vanilla action flick where cars were flipping over and running through the woods and, and that kind of stuff and then Tom Hardy had a seizure but yeah I mean I don't know I think Caleb you said it in Slack Best that it was super safe but I, I don't know. I guess I'm not disappointed because I didn't have high expectations in the first place. But I'm also disappointed because they met my expectations, which were very low. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I aimed real low on this, and you managed to hit it. <laughs> exactly. I have no idea what to expect from Venom. And after seeing that trailer, I have no idea what to expect from Venom. Like, I don't know if... I mean, obviously, this is going to be an action movie. I don't know if Tom Hardy is a good guy or a bad guy. I don't even... If, if you don't know what the movie's about, you don't even know if he has powers. If he... If, if it's about a person with powers or if this is just... I mean, most people don't even know... Like, this isn't a household name. Venom is not. So... I mean... People could be wondering if this is a Fast and Furious spinoff, if this is, you know, 
but going into it knowing this is a MCU-ish property, I'm like, okay, so it's an origin story? And I don't even know what we're creating. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, is it possible that someone thinks this will be a movie like like Outbreak? Like one of these pandemic movies where there's a disease that's spreading... Like, you see a guy running, you see him in the, the hospital bed, and then the title is Venom, and you're like, oh, there's some, you know, there's some disease that's spreading through the United States. Like, that would be a perfectly reasonable expectation from the trailer that we got. I, the, the credit I, I do give them, I think this is smart. Um, you can destroy a movie with the first glimpse. Uh, Inhumans would be a very great example of this, right? Like, to some degree, that was that whole thing was screwed from the second we got that EW photo, right? Now, in that case, it turned out to still stink afterwards. <laughs> but, like, we, we saw that image and the, the die was cast. Oh, this is going to be junk. This is going to be cheap. Um, I think, to some degree, X-Men Apocalypse suffered from this. But, again... All the examples I have here, to be fair, are terrible overall. So it's not like it was just a bad, like, but even, but like with that one, Apocalypse looked way worse in those first set photos than he did in the movie. The problem in that movie is not really his design, I don't think. But the first thing that came out, he looked like a Power Rangers villain. And that's the only thing people could talk about. Uh, We got some of this with Fantastic Four, where it leaked that Doctor Doom was going to be a blogger instead of a scientist and so like people went crazy about it and that's all people talked about they could have if they were not careful put something out for this particularly if it was half done cgi that people would have mocked it right like if they had put out a half done venom it would have been known as the black slug from the black lagoon or something you know like people would have memed it and the movie would be dead in the water so i think what they were smart to do is make sure that nobody hates it or loathes it. Like, at, at this point, I think disinterest is better than pure hatred for this early in the publicity. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, to me, that's why you make that safe of a trailer, is because you're afraid of making a big mistake. But then, at the same time, why are you spending money on, on the marketing, you know, pushing advertising out when this... It's just a neutral trailer, you know. It doesn't evoke emotions, whether good or bad, you know. I don't know. I guess I haven't seen. I don't know. I've seen. It's just really weird. I I mean, there's not any excitement, but people still aren't hating on it. I know you you covered that stuff, but it's just. I mean, technically, we did get the symbiote, right? Riz Ahmed was looking over it and kind of like the tesseract type container. But I wanted to see a uh, something, you know, give us a little scary venomize at the end or something, you know. They gave you they gave you cartoon venomize. True. I mean, the, the, oh, I'm sorry. They gave you yes, the poster, the movie poster. <laughs> that had eyes on it. Yeah. I mean, some of this is I mean, to me, this is a deal where CGI is a really big deal. Right. Like. This is a movie where if they mess up the CGI, people are not going to, like, it's going to ruin the whole thing. And if they do it really well and it looks like Venom should look, then people are going to forgive, I think, a lot because it's going to look fantastic. 
And so it makes sense to me, like, I don't know, this is where we get into time frame, though, right? Like, we talked about Inhumans, and the problem with Inhumans is that they did not have enough time to get all of that right. Uh, there's talk with the Superman mustache issue on Justice League, but the problem there was just that they didn't have enough time to do the, the CGI as well as they needed to. Um, you know, this was a movie that is coming out in October of 2018 that was announced in March of 2017. Like a year ago, we did not know this was going to exist. And so I just, I don't know. I'm just a little worried. Like, I feel like Sony is rushing. And this trailer to me is indicative of a movie that's being rushed. Because they didn't show you the kind of stuff you want to see in a teaser. Because I, I, my guess is they don't have it ready. You know what I'm saying? I guess I'm, just, I'm trying to decide what they're the the long game is here you know are they just hoping to shoo venom in and since tom hardy's a big enough name that he can cross over with tom holland and such you know at some point or i mean if venom's the protagonist i mean uh, we've heard reports that i mean carnage is essentially confirmed but it's towards the end or in a post credit scene so, I mean, is, is the movie going to be Eddie Brock in his human form just trying to take down this big life corporation or whatever it is? Or is it going to be him trying to bond with the symbiote? Or, you know, what's what's the deal? Are they just going to start Venom off as an anti-hero and that's going to kind of be his MCU lifespan as always the, the Frank Castle-esque anti-hero, you know? Are we supposed to sympathize with this life corporation and be on their side and and the main character is the villain? Kind of how like a Doctor Doom movie or something would it be. Yeah, I mean, I think they can almost pull it like a, a Frankenstein thing where you feel bad for the monster with that while still feeling like he's a monster, but you also hate the people that created him because, you know, they kind of did this to a, a living being. Like, I, to me, that's the kind of the way they go. And some of this is, I don't know the comics as well as I should. I know Lethal Protector is a storyline that they're working with. I don't know that. This Life Corporation stuff, I don't fully know. Um, I know they keep telling me that the big actors that they've cast are not going to be Carnage. And I'm like, well, who'd you cast to be Carnage? That You know, like, who do we got then in that role? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I knew the comics better, it would help. We didn't see Woody Harrelson in the trailer, did we? You sure that's not the solo trailer this week? No, Woody Harrelson was confirmed, or he was at least in talks for Venom earlier, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he was. I will Google that. You keep talking about what you think about Woody Harrelson, and I will Google it to see if it's true. I'm just saying if, I mean, there's talk... um, of Carnage being in it, I mean, Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy would be amazing. Oh. I'm pretty sure he was at least in talks sometimes. No, you're right. Woody Harrelson is in Venom. He is? Yes. Oh, wait, no. Back in December, Variety said he was. Yeah. Said he was in... So the headline is that he's in talks to join... And then the first line of the article says that he has joined. Oh, and apparently that hashtag show is saying um, he's going to be he's going to be Carnage. 
Um, Boom. Well, see, look at that. Live response. That totally changes the way I feel about this movie. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Like I'd be totally excited know, about Woody Harrelson Carnage. Yeah. So I mean, there's a huge bright spot. You know, I think that would be awesome. But then again, if it's only a post credit scene, then what's what's the point? I don't know. I just you have. I mean, Schnepp says Tom Holland's in it. Or he has a cameo as Peter Parker. Not Spider-Man, as Peter Parker will have a cameo. Um, It'll just be interesting to see, I guess. You know, at least it's not an Amazing Spider-Man 4 or 3 or whatever. And they have Spidey's whole rogues gallery of villains in it, you know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see see what they do. And once we do see um, Venom in action, I mean... I guess we can rejudge it at that point once we actually see the video effects. No, we are judging it up front. All, all <laughs> judgment right up front. Um, well, let me ask, you talk about Holland. And this is maybe going to be a dumb question because you've seen 30 seconds and most of it was inside an MRI machine. Does it? Did the trailer feel like it could exist in the MCU world? Like, did it have a vibe that was okay with you or... I don't know, did it feel like it could be consistent with the MCU? Because that's something we've been talking about a lot. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the vibe, t- it almost kind of matched the vibe of the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer for me. Obviously, it wasn't Guardians or Doctor Strange-esque. Um, but yeah, it just seemed kind of action-y like Ant-Man and the Wasp did. They both take place in San Francisco. And they both have cartridges. Well, and where we talk about each of the MCU movies having like their own or their, their tone, the different tone that they managed to have for the shows and even the movies, there isn't a Fast and Furious tone. I mean, I guess the Ant-Man's the closest, but it's like a heist film. So if we're going for like a Fast and Furious feel to a movie, maybe it's a little niche in the MCU that hasn't been touched. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in how scary they're going to make this. Because we've talked, we've talked a lot of time. We had a whole podcast on the idea of like horror movies in the MCU. You know, to me, Venom done well should terrify you. You know, like somebody that big and you know that like literally wants to eat your brain. You know, like there should be, and it's coming out in October. Like, I, I think it should kind of fill that Marvel horror vein. And I, I think there's an argument to be made that if they can make a good movie and they do all R-rated, you know, things jumping out of the dark, scary horror thing, I think, I don't know, I could feel like that could fill um, a blind spot in the MCU and be kind of a nice addition if it's done well, you know. But I didn't get that out of this trailer. Did you? No. I mean, the only scary type part was him convulsing at the end I guess and you're like well what's going on you know but other than that I don't it just seemed very very generic outside of Venom so Caleb you're kind of a Spidey guy right? um yeah or I mean you, let me put it this way I think I'm the most Spidey guy of the podcast I don't think that means a whole lot but that's probably the case so, Outside, I mean, outside of Venom, who do you think they should try this this Venom deal with next? Um, I think Venom's not a terrible option. Like Venom has carried his own mm-hmm. book for a long time. You know, I, I I think that's that's it works. Um, 
I'll tell you what I really want. I want if they're throwing out contracts to guys to make weird movies, like if a Morbius movie is really happening, which I think is the next logical step actually. I don't want to see a Morbius movie, but I think it's logical, particularly if they do make this a little scarier. But if they're going to throw out contracts to people to make weird garbage out of Spider-Man, how does Donald Glover not have a Prowler movie greenlit? Like, letting Donald Glover write, direct, and star in his own Prowler movie, and you know, genre-wise, let him be whatever it wants. Like, let him do it like Atlanta, where... It's kind of funny, but it's kind of supernatural, and it's kind of serious, and there's social commentary, but there's also, like, laugh-out-loud moments. Like, I would, I'd see it at least twice in the theater if Donald Glover, you know, was allowed to, to go crazy on a Prowler movie, so. And backdoor Miles Morales that way, you know, like, I think that would be super, so that's what I would do if I was them. Nice. Very cool. Um, the other thing I want to see in this movie, just one last thought I had. Uh, if Woody Harrelson is Carnage, I want to hear him in like a deranged Carnage voice sing the Cheers theme song. I don't know why, but that would just make me like, you know, like he's like chasing a guy down the alley. And all of a sudden you hear, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Like, I don't know. I think it can be really creepy and weird. And that uh, would just make me happy. So, <laughs> with that, we finish our really great Venom talk that I'm sure will be the most popular thing <laughs> we've ever done on the podcast. Uh, I do want to do the mailbag though. Or um, this week, I'm kind of excited. Uh, so last week there was question amongst us if uh, we were being a little extreme with our treatment of Netflix. I don't know if you guys read the comments, but apparently we were dead on. Like, what we were feeling, lots of people have been feeling about Netflix stuff. So, <coughs> I'm just going to look through this real quick and read some of the MCU Exchange stuff. Um, a guy named Alex Howes. What on earth happened to Punisher? I saw it. I really liked it. A bunch of my friends watched it and liked it. But there's no discussion about it anywhere on the internet. Even when it came out, how did this fly so far under the radar? Which I think is fair. Like, right? We've talked about that some. I mean, I think we felt that way too. Um, Love Waffle, I thought, had a very insightful analysis that Netflix is kind of doing this, though, by dumping the shows all at once. Um, He was saying he's totally right. On this podcast, we talked for Punisher about 30 or 40 minutes, right? Like, this one we even extended to a couple of episodes. But we total talked about it for at, at most an hour. We talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 10 minutes for every episode spread out over 22 weeks. So just like on our podcast, naturally the release schedule means that we talk more about S.H.I.E.L.D. than we do about Netflix shows. And I felt like that was a very true thing. Like the, the binge watching does affect how pumped a show can be, Right. And there are podcasts that do, like, they take these Netflix shows and they do one podcast for each episode, you know, going, like, every week. And I know one of them, like, just finished with Punisher the past couple of weeks. And when I saw them posting that, like, you know, here's our last episode of Punisher. And they have a great podcast. I mean, 
I was just like, oh my gosh, like Punisher was ages ago. But really, if you look at a like one week per episode, you'd just now be done. I mean, it it gets it feels so old so quickly. Yeah. And you've got to be careful now that these are going three at a time. I was listening to a podcast for a while that was doing an episode at a time for Luke Cage. And then they would miss some weeks and they'd take a break at the holiday. And so they were in a weird spot where they were finishing Luke Cage two months after Iron Fist came out. You know, like they were like, you know, like it's bad enough to be like so far behind. But like you have to really, even for that one you're talking about, um, Rhiannon, they had to keep pedal to the metal to get done in time that they weren't talking about Punisher once Jessica Jones was out. So, um, you know, as a podcast, I'm happy with the way we do it. It's just, it does change the nature of the conversation from week to week TV. So, all right. Um, then there was some talk. Matthew Joseph Sarah was saying that he thinks it's time for Jeff Loeb to go. And Dave was saying he's not sure if that's totally Loeb's fault. Um, he's hoping that the Disney and Fox deal could help um, sort some things out. Um, Storm wanted to throw Abby Arad under the bus uh, and say that he's at fault. I'm not sure if he's even hardly doing anything anymore. And was also talking about Perlmutter being a problem. So there's plenty of individuals that we could try to blame the uh, the TV stuff on, I think. Um and then, yeah, and then there was more talk. Mary Kirk says it's Perlmutter who's at fault because he likes cheap TV shows. And the only thing that Scott Buck does is bring in shows under budget. So <laughs> that seems to be roughly true. I'm not, you know, I don't think that's totally off. So um, Dave, uh, Dave on the website was uh, saying that uh, he thinks that uh, he doesn't think that it's a building that shrunk to the size of a case. He thinks it's a case that is blown up to the size of a building. So it's just hiding in plain sight uh, as the building. So um, I don't know. Still, how do you put a building there? Like what people are going to know you didn't construct a building, you know, you can't just like put a building on a block. Everyone goes, Oh, that wasn't there yesterday. That's cool. I'm also worried about the structural integrity of this building. Like, you know, if it's, if it's this, case and it's just you know the molecules are expanded and you know i mean if you still have people do you still have people inside this building that go in and it needs to be structurally sound i don't know man the case blown up the i i like the thought path but it just it sounds structurally unsound uh chris on the website uh saying read the netflix shows i really uh, feel like they've lost their love luster the biggest problem is that marvel uh doesn't listen to critical reactions and so even though people have been saying these shows are 13 episodes long they're too long the pacing is too slow they continue to give us 13 episode seasons where the pacing is too slow so um it was interesting um devil dinosaur was just saying he too just doesn't get real hyped about this stuff anymore uh preto was saying he doesn't think that moon knight or blade will be given to netflix that Feige and company will hold on to those properties. So that is interesting. Uh, but generally speaking, it just seems like, um, yeah, we were not off base at all. That There is a malaise sitting around the fan base a little bit. 
um, for these Netflix shows. So, uh, I also wanted to comment real quick. Uh, we have um, somebody named Fizz Sab who comments on the SoundCloud posts, and I always forget to look for them. So thank you for all your good comments. Uh, there weren't any this week, but. I know that I forget those, and I'm sorry. I should look more at SoundCloud, but thanks for commenting there. All right, so this will be a little bit shorter pod just because we had no shield, but that's all right. Next week, we are doing our Black Panther review. If everything works out, I think that we're going to have um, Michael Ford uh, on the show. Um, actually, speaking of, well, let me see if I had... Uh, there was a good question that had been asked in the live chat. Um, oh, so, um, Mike Ford was asking, I wonder whether the shows remaining on Netflix means that they'll feel even more disconnected from everything else, um, which will be produced in house. Uh, what do you guys think? So do you guys think it's possible that, um, Netflix shows remaining where they're at is actually going to make them more disconnected as Disney moves everything else in house? I mean, agents of shields, not really connected the way it is either so i mean but they'll still have like runaways on who well no they'll have hulu in-house i don't think it'll be any more disconnected than it already is well there you go that is yes all right so like i said a little shorter this week but that's all right we will well we're getting ah, man stupid olympics who wants to see international pride and competition we just want to see more agents of shield um, so next week we will talk about Black Panther and uh, we should have a special guest with us. I'm really excited to see that movie this week. I hope you all get to go see it so you can listen to the pod next Monday for that. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. Uh, you can send us messages via Twitter at Marvel News Desk. You can also send comments on SoundCloud, which I promise I'll try to look more at, and our MCU Exchange posts every week. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can give us a buck a month over at Patreon. You just have to go to marvelnewsdesk.com to sign up for that. Uh, you'll get access to a special MCU film ranking episode, as well as um, for the higher levels, you get to see the live stream. And we're also releasing the live stream videos a week later to all of our supporters. So uh, You can help the show be more visible if you want to give us a five-star review on iTunes. But the most important thing you do every week is you listen and you tell your friends about it. So thank you. Thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. And we always thank Alvin for our theme music. You can find him at The Skull School across many social media platforms. That does it for this week. And we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. <laughs>